You're now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. fun coming up on saturday october 16th big news i have some important news for you interesting news it's blake and darren's spilling the tea with sandy k-man's top news headlines of the day from cmr morning sandy how are you morning 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 i like it. it's a very dramatic entrance very any dramatic moment now any moment now three Two, one, go. <laughs> Should we play another song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's uh, there. Maybe your mic's not on. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, CMR crew. How's it going? Uh, we're live on CMR right now. You know what I have to say And on morning? KISS FM. What's that? A dump truck almost killed a person on the road right in front of me. 
they had the indicator on on a roundabout mm-hmm. and this black dump truck with like green on it yeah just went right in front just went wow. and then stopped in the middle when they honked at him it was actually pretty abysmal anyway so if you know that dump truck driver they work for you, you should probably fire them wow it was bad Get they the could have killed out. no they could have killed someone it was bad yeah, I'm not a big fan of dump they, trucks. They could have ran the they right drive. over that person. And that yeah. person had their indicator on and the dump truck did not care. Good morning. There you are. I'm sure How are I you? forgot where the issue was. That's all right. It happens. Mercury's right. in retrograde. That's what I heard. <laughs> you see, there's, there's this little mute button on the physical mic. And then the system allows me to mute myself as well. So it took me a minute to figure out which one was causing the issue. But good morning, everyone. Good, good morning. morning. Happy hump day. So... <laughs> What's with the uh, the new gazetted regulations and nothing in there about um, about crowds? Yeah, didn't see anything about limiting crowds. Nothing for indoors or outdoors. Yes, um, there What's isn't. <laughs> How do you we respond? Were, I think we were expecting that, so I'm not sure what to what to make of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to ask the government really <laughs> what what happened. So yeah, I thought that they had said they were at least thinking about it, but of course, you know. That's the point of, I guess, their meetings with caucus and cabinet as they flush out all the details. Um, but yeah, we were kind of expecting it. I mean, we postponed slumber party because we thought, okay, that's that's uh, it's going to be a mandate. So let's do yeah. the right thing. So, mm-hmm. yep. but nothing in there. Um, also, what? Uh, so there was a. This was a weird story, and maybe you're going to bring it up, um, but just about the the positives cases yesterday. So um, we we were the ones to break the story about Doctors Hospital having a positive employee. They haven't said how this person is employed with them, if they're a nurse or like what their um, sort of official title is. But basically um, what we do know is they've been working there at the hospital for about a month or so. And they're one of the outside swabbers. So, you know, Doctors Hospital has like the outside testing facility and you can do a drive through and all that sort of stuff. So they've tested positive uh, through routine screening. And the word on the street is they actually live in Northside and they are connected to the other Northside positives that we had discussed in the last couple of weeks. And they were never tested in like as that? So this person was working um, COVID-19 screening. But you would assume yeah. that person would be in PPE if they're doing that. The yeah, they, they, they would have been, yes. So it's not like- I, I'm not so sure that the people um, being tested might- be the highest at risk, yeah. but um, allegedly the person also rides a public bus. Wow. But you also have to wear a mask on public bus. You're supposed to. Do they keep it on? Well, it's not mandated. It's not mandated. Yeah, that's true. But you're you're supposed to. And um, of course, we've heard for a very long time now that no one is actually enforcing that. So we don't know if one of those Northside buses um, that she would have been riding was enforcing it and who she might have been sitting by and... So they claim that there's a low risk of, they always say this, like you, you've never heard them say, okay, we got a problem here with this person. They always say there's a low risk of people don't have anything to worry about. You know, I think public health, uh, their biggest job is just to keep everybody calm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's very, very interesting. There is a press briefing today. Thank you, Kimmy, for reminding us about that at 3 p.m. Oh, it's so today. We, yes. Three. Okay. Gotcha. All yeah. right. And what will they be touching on? Just the new gazetted well, I'm, I'm protocols? Sure, I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions. Wow. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And you'll be in this. Uh, are you going to that? Yes. I think today I should be, even if it's just virtual by Zoom, 
Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't need to physically. What do you want to, what do you want to ask? What's, what's, mm. uh, what's a burning question from CMO? I don't actually have any. <laughs> Love that. Bacon your noodle. Um, yeah, I don't actually have any burning questions, believe it or not. Um, I'll submit questions that come in from our viewers. So normally throughout the day, people will send me stuff like, okay. you know what? Mm, here's what I'd like for you to ask, ask the government. Um, because if I have a real burning question, I normally find out even without a press briefing, like I dig a little bit and get to the bottom of it. So I'm kind of surprised that, um, you know, in the control of COVID-19 regulations just released that they, that we still allow unvaccinated people arriving to the island. So that could be that could be any person. The following are categories of unvaccinated persons who may be allowed entry. Uh, an unvaccinated person who is Kamanian or resident of the islands or a child of a Kamanian or resident. That makes sense. Uh, or a person who is traveling with a Kamanian or resident to the islands is allowed to be unvaccinated and enter the island. That's mm. kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually we will get there. Um, <clears throat> what I understand is that there's certain fringe groups who have made it their um, singular goal to sue the government, you know, so they keep threatening all these lawsuits. Um, funny enough, they sent out an email, I think it was yesterday, day before, claiming that they've started legal action against CMR. But... Um, For what? It's so absolutely ridiculous that... Um, essentially what they're claiming in this this like um came it's came at what is it called referendum group or whatever which doesn't seem to be the original people who started that group because i was actually part of that group many many years ago and i've spoken to the original founders and they're like this this has nothing to do with us like we don't know who's doing this now but people for referendum is what they're calling themselves so they're claiming that the i don't know if you guys saw this article but the article that um we published which essentially said that their petition, <clears throat> which was online um, and mentioned um, Samuel Rose, the cabinet secretary's name, was um, being reported to petitions.org or change.org or whatever website it is. I think it's change.org. Um, it was being reported for misrepresenting the facts because it made it look like he was the one who was involved in the petition or something really weird. So government actually sent out a press release. We published the press release and they're claiming that the press release is libelous. And so they're going to start legal action against us. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm so scared. <laughs> it's like people have no concept of what libel defamation and slander is. And they think they think they know what transpired with us and Mr. Felder recently. Um, so they're like, Oh, well, if he could win a case then we can all win a case. Well, he didn't, he won a case by default. Let's be very, very clear what happened here, folks. He won a case because my mistake is I thought it was so frivolous. I'm not even going to respond to this. Lesson there, always respond whether it's frivolous or not um, and mount your defense. He would have never, never, never in a million years won if I had mounted a defense because I yeah, have. We're still appealing that. So it's not. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, um, yeah, no, no, no. We're not. Oh, no, we're not going to take that line down. No. But and yeah, you know, people, people this, still, I find they, in this. Where do they thing, get the money for this? Where do they get the money to just keep, like, because you, you have know, to pay lawyers. You know what is so amazing about that question, Aaron, because you're onto something, is they go out there fundraising for other things. I know this for okay. a fact that um, Katina has claimed that she's feeding the hungry and she's doing all these altruistic things um, before jumping on these different bandwagons. And legitimate business people were actually giving her money on the basis that that's what it was going to be used for. And now... So then she can be kind of like kicking themselves. 
Yeah. Sorry. But then can't she be sued for fraud if you're saying something that's that you're doing? You know what? They're, they're, they're not, not even gonna. They're not even gonna. You know, because I guess they should have done a little bit more due diligence on her. Uh, okay. So yeah, they're gonna just. You know what? Mistake made. Learned from it. Let's move on. Um, but yeah, it's just so crazy the whole anti-vaxxer movement and how people are are out there thinking um, that they can force the government's hand. Oh, we're going to sue the government and the government's going to be shaking their boots. Well, you know, I'm sure the government has a legal um, opinion already on this. Um, a precedent is certainly set in other jurisdictions. Uh, we already mandate other vaccines in any event. So, um, you know what I say? Test the waters. Test yeah, the I mean, waters. Besides, if, you're, if you're out there volunteering and claiming that you're uh, giving money to a charity and instead you're putting money in your pockets and defrauding the public, then, you know, you're probably going to meet your maker at some point and be judged. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's just really bad karma. Oh, well. Oh, well. So. There's people like that everywhere in the world, though. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, um, so we're definitely going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about that. The doctor's hospital case this morning. And uh, we're going to look at the regulations in a little bit more detail, especially travel to the sister islands. Um, what else have we got lined up here? So we've got. You have to be back. Oh, no, you have to have a be vaccinated or show a negative PCR test to go there. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Sandy. We'll uh, right. see Mar on Facebook and YouTube right now. And awesome. we will see you tomorrow for the Thursday. Thank you, show. guys. Have a, have good, a good one. Bye. And what do you got? Tonight? All right. Good people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To Blake and Aaron over there at uh, Kiss 106.1. They got some good chill music when you just want to relax. Good morning, beautiful people. Wagwan, Wagwan. Water. Um, I'm enjoying some nice water this morning. Mm -hmm. Refreshing. Yes, it always has ice in it. Marshall, good morning. Where's your mug? Show me what's in your mug. Larry, good morning. Ervalyn, thank you so much to the lovely Ervalyn. So yesterday we were making the rounds, uh, donating some more food. So I went and did the grocery shopping. Big shout out to Tish. Um, because uh, she actually um, donated a $100 gift card. And then whatever the difference was, I did that one out of pocket. And um, yesterday we were assisting a family of, I think it's five. Um, which uh, was in a northward area, so got them all sorts of stuff. And can I tell you something? I am a little bit cheeky when I grocery shop for you, so don't take any offense to it if you're listening to the program and you're on our, our list. Again, we're just helping where we can some of the Georgetown primary um, families uh, who have not gotten help elsewhere. There, there is government, some sort of government help out there as well. But I don't think that everyone has been able to take advantage of that. So when they send me their, their list and they say like snacks for the kids, right? I'm in the fruit and vegetable section, picking out snacks for your children that include like bananas and strawberries and all these fruits. Not a single person has asked me to do any fruits or veggies, but I'm still picking those things up. So when I was doing it yesterday, I thought, I hope these people don't get insulted. So I did message his mom and I said, by the way, I'm getting like, um, grapes and stuff like that, right? Because I don't want them to get insulted to think I'm like trying to force them to eat healthy, which I kind of am actually, if I'm being totally honest. You know, I always look at the list and I think, oh, wow, like all this stuff is on the list, but I don't see the fruits and vegetables, which we all need to be eating more of, right? So 
I just threw that in there. Um, and one parent replied and said that her kids were like in the bag of grapes, like really enjoying the grapes. Cause yeah, you know, we all need to encourage each other and, you know, even ourselves to, um, have some healthier options integrated into your diet. And it's just little things. Like sometimes it's not even a major shift in your diet. Like in the mornings, just do a little bowl of oatmeal. You know, I'm not a huge fan of oatmeal, but you know, sometimes I'm just going to tolerate it. I will actually eat the overnight oats that have been soaked. Um, can I tell you, there's a little restaurant in West Bay, they're closed right now because of COVID, but they always did a nice overnight oats with like fruits on top. And I think they soaked it. This sounds super weird. But one time I was asking them like how they mix it. And the lady told me they actually soak it in. I think she said like apple juice or something. They soak it in some kind of juice mixture. And I was like, that's weird. But it gives it just enough of a, you know, with the fruit and stuff. It's not like just bland. And it's really good. They always do like blueberries on top or strawberries or whatever. And it's just like a little thing like this. And I can literally eat that for breakfast. And that would hold me all day until like lunch. So, um, yep. I can't wait till they reopen, which I don't think because they, they're attached to a hotel. I don't think they're going to reopen until tourists start to come back, which kind of sucks for me. But hey, good morning, Miss Anne, Diamond Princess. Thank you. Wee Wee is here as well. Um, Miss Bonnie tuned in. Beautiful Miss Bonnie. Kimmy, hello, darling. Linda. Miss Linda Powery is here. Felicia and Alice. Kimmy says, does anyone know if the government will be having a press briefing today? Yes, they are having one at three o'clock. You are most welcome. Miss Olivia, Miss Sue. Miss Sue, um, I had messaged you last night, but maybe you were going to bed already. Um, I'll have some time for you this morning for you and your hubby after the show. So heads up. Um, Miss Iva, Anne-Marie, Andy is here. Uh, Carmely, good morning. Miss Darlene McKenzie, where's the other Darlene? I know she's going to be logging on soon. Daisy, good morning. Uh, Loretta, Tommy from the Bahamas. Beautiful Abigail, how are you? Dion, good morning, Dion. Tracy, how are you? Vernita, yes, Miss Vernita. Big up to the crew in Windsor Park. We got uh, Miss Ruby says, good morning, watching from Georgia, the peach state. Jackie and Keisha, good morning, mama. Alice is here. Good lot of people, 272 people already on. Tracy says, problem is veggies and fruits are so expensive. A bag of oranges um, costs as much as two Whoppers, so it's not easy for those on a budget. Hmm. This is how I see it, Tracy. I think you got to work around the logic a little bit, but, but follow me here now, right? So if I go to Burger King, big shout out to Burger King. They're one of our corporate sponsors. And I buy a BK meal. Nothing wrong with that every once in a while. You don't want to be living on fast food, folks. Um, but that burger is going to last you one meal. You're going to eat it and you're done. If I get a bag of oranges and a bag of grapes, whatever, I'm going to eat multiple times out of that bag. So when you're looking at just the cost factor, not health or anything else, but just the cost of um, that item, you do get, you can stretch those meals. So you do get multiple meals out of, um, or snacks or whoever you want to work it out of your, your um, fruits and vegetables, right? So, you know, if it's veggies that you're using as fresh ingredients in your cooking, for example, you know, when I buy the little three pack of bell peppers, 
um, that can stretch normally, depending on what the dish is, that can stretch for um, more than one dish that I'm cooking. So, you know, might be two or three dishes. So if I did the cost analysis of that, um, of what that plate actually cost me to prepare, and then normally I get leftovers. So last night, I was sitting down eating my corned beef leftovers from the night before with my little rice. And my belly was getting full. So I didn't have to expend any additional cost for last night's meal when you think about it that way. Now, the that's just straight cost, right? Now, when you think about the health benefits of eating healthier, giving yourself healthier um, options, then, you know, you can't put a price tag on your health, right? So if I was eating burgers every day, you know, I'd have high blood pressure, which is going to cost me in medication and all. I, I do have high blood pressure, but it's not. <laughs> it's postpartum high blood pressure that kind of went up. I think it was just stress. But, you know, stress and lack of exercise, all these things. Um, by the way, folks, check your blood pressure because um, all of those things, um, those are that's a silent killer, blood pressure. You, you, it might be sky high and you don't even know it. You're like a walking uh, time bomb. So check it occasionally to kind of see, you know, where it's at. Just random checks, yeah? But yes, I mean, the health benefits of knowing that you're going to live longer. There's certain cancers that are linked to your diet and, you know, how well you do or not with your diet. Um, there's high blood pressure. I mean, obesity has all sorts of issues and complications, uh, medical complications that go with it, diabetes, um, you know, everything else. So those things, I don't even know if you can put a price tag on when it comes to just trying to remain healthy. So they say everything in moderation. I'm a believer in that. Um, you know, I've been surrounded by people who've struggled with like dietary issues and health issues and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm kind of an in-between person. You know, I'm not like super healthy, obviously. <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not going all out and, well, I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to eat that. But it's all about moderation. Like, I think most of us can live a somewhat moderate life. So, um, you know, every once in a while, I feel for that burger. I'm going to indulge. Uh, but you know, other times, even when I go out, I'm like, okay, let me just have a salad today. And I'm a person, uh, Tracy, who loves a good salad. Can I tell you, Ooh, I could, I could eat a salad every day as long as it was like variety, nuts and different things in it. I love cranberry and salad. So, you know, I think we have to also train our palates. And I think this is where children, when you're shopping for children, when they're young, um, you have to make a real strong impression on them about making better decisions, especially when it comes to their diet. It's so easy for them to want chicken tenders all the time and all these sorts of things. And so if you interject a little bit of like, okay, let's eat some broccoli today. A little piece of broccoli. Let's have some oatmeal for breakfast. My daughter had oatmeal this morning. You know, she doesn't complain about eating oatmeal because always something I'd be like, oh, oatmeal is great. You know, I've never been like, I don't care for oatmeal, but I don't tell her that. You know, I'm like, oh, oatmeal is bland. Ugh. For her, we give her a little flavored one, maple syrup, whatever the heck they call it. <clears throat> she eats it and she's on her way. And then today for snack time, she was saying, oh, can I get some strawberries and bananas for snack time today? I said, sure, no problem. So I always try to keep some staple um, fruits and vegetables. I don't eat as many vegetables as I should, for sure. Uh, we love fruits. Of course, they're nice and sweet. 
Um, but I always try to keep apples in my house, normally um, grapes, and she loves strawberries. Now, I'm a little iffy about strawberries for another reason, because they do soak up depending on how they are grown. They, they're one of those fruits that actually, because of how they are, right, the texture and everything, they tend to soak up a lot from the ground and the environment. So if pesticides are being used on strawberries, you're taking in pesticides because that fruit is not that easy to wash those things off. It actually soaks into the fruit. So try to go organic with strawberries for sure. But she loves bananas. Um, you know, so we just try to, we try to mix it up. Yes, of course we have a burger every now and then. Morna, good morning. Um, Kevin, uh, says, send me a message, please. You're reaching out to Caymanians living abroad for a feature. Yes. Um, wonderful. Thank you, Kevin. So in case you missed it last night, folks, uh, we had a, a soft launch for our CMR COVID Spotlight Series, and uh, we are going to be bringing a number of experts on the program. So this is an evening show. Now, I know I haven't done an evening show in a long time, so a lot of you weren't even paying attention that we were live last night, but at 7 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're going to have this um, discussion about everything related to covid Go back and watch last evening's show because Kevin did a great job of summarizing what some of the different subject areas that we're going to be covering. So tomorrow's guest, which is Thursday, is an actual epidemiologist. Most of us have never spoken to an actual epidemiologist in our lives. And folks, he is, you can't get more of a specialist when it comes to viruses than an epidemiologist. So you want to tune in. Can I tell you? So an ep epidemiologist is a specific, um, and we'll have him tell us exactly what he does. But they're an expert that collect and analyze data um, related to, um, you know, all sorts of health issues. But in specific, this gentleman is going to be um, talking about the pandemic. So outbreak of diseases is their specialty. Um Yes. And I mean, they're already talking about the crises that's happening around the world as it relates to the healthcare system and COVID. Uh, so thank you, Kevin. And and he's looking for Caymanians. So if you're a Caymanian that lives abroad. So Miss Darlene, um, who just said that they were, who else just mentioned that they were overseas? Miss Ruby, if you're a Caymanian living abroad, um, Kevin wants to talk to you about a show that he's doing. And we're also doing a video series um, about Caymanians living abroad who are living with COVID every single day. So Miss Jackie, good morning. She says, straight talk, Sandra. Well, that used to be the original name of my talk show way back when. It was actually called Straight Talk. A lot of people might not remember. That was back in 2009, I think. Um, Sue says, mine went up after I stopped smoking nine years ago. And yes, moderation is the best way. Now, isn't that interesting? I think, I don't know that it's tied into the smoking per se. It could just be a coincidence in time um, that your pressure was going to go up anyway. Because listen, smoking is one of the worst things that you can do for your health. So I'm so glad that you've stopped smoking um, because all of your, your overall health has definitely improved, I'm sure, since you've stopped because there's just so much, oh my God, smoking does a number on you. Clogs your arteries, everything, everything. Cancers, the whole, the whole works. So, um, Miss Ruby is joining us. Richard says salads, yuck. <laughs> um, 
I think it just depends on what is in the salad. You got to find your salad mojo. Um, you know, I love me a good salad. Yesterday I had a shrimp salad. It has like cranberry in it, shrimp, um, lettuce, and what else? Some nuts. And I think that was that little bit of salad dressing. Huh. Yeah, and it was delicious. A little slice of like um, the thin toasted garlic bread on the side. Hit the spot. I'm telling you, try a salad. So Sue says strawberries were $9 in Foster's. Um, a lot of vegetables um, and fruits have gone up in price because of the pandemic, actually, and shortages of, I don't know if they've had a shortage of workers or whatever, but there's definitely been an increase in the pricing. And then shipping costs have gone up substantially since COVID as well. And that's impacting everything because, of course, we are an import society. So we import goods into this country. We don't really produce and export much of anything. Um, so you know what that means, right? Uh, whenever the increase in shipping is a thing, we definitely um, see that reflected in a real way. So, you know, I go to places like, you know, you can buy those things in bulk if you're actually going to eat them. Don't let them go to waste, though, because strawberries seem to not keep extremely well. So they will spoil very, very quickly. Um, so, yeah, you know, buy them and definitely eat them before they go bad. Uh, Magdalena says provide experts on both sides, not just one side. Well, who, what do you mean both sides? An expert anti-vaxxer? <laughs> Is there such a thing? Um, as an expert anti-vaxxer, I don't know, Magdalena, what that comment means on both sides. This isn't, this is about providing you with facts, right? We take the sides of, it's the side of factual information. So anti-vaxxers don't have facts that they're operating with. And we, I thought, had done a relatively good job of demonstrating that. Um, but perhaps we need to play those videos even more because if you're asking for that, I think that you probably um, haven't seen any of those videos to see exactly what we're talking about. If someone says something to you and they've just gotten it wrong, right? They're not an expert. <laughs> I mean, it might sound a little bit earth shattering, but they're not an expert. They're just someone who's out there uh, drumming up misinformation. So, yeah, that's crazy. You know what? We have a video series from people who have shared with us um, why they've gotten vaccinated. And um, I'm going to pull up some of those. Let me see if I can do some of those. Um, because, again, I think, you know, there's a number of ways to inform people about what's going on. But there's no such thing as an expert anti-vaxxer. I mean, that just doesn't exist, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, you know. So we can't present a side of false information. And I have thought I've made this um, very, very clear. But I certainly have no intent um, in being a, a vessel for misinformation. No, we're, we're all about the truth here at CMR. Um, you know, if we if we tell you something that it don't go so, that is a mistake. It's not something that is intentional. We're not intentionally misleading people. And, um, you know, I have done extensive, extensive research. I'm telling you that anti-vaxxers just 
in my opinion, um, just really have, have learned the plot. Uh, Jonathan says they're not even sweet. Are we referring to strawberries? Well, the ones I've been getting been kind of sweet, actually. So I love cantaloupes and, and dew melons. And I mean, there's so much variety out there. Do you know how many variety of apples are out there, folks? Every time I go to Foster's, I'm like, okay, which one do I want to try now? There's like tons of apples within the apple family, like apple varieties. So, sh you know, shake it up a little bit. Shake up your palate. Uh, Buenos dias to Miss Alba. Carol says, always my argument, fruit and vegetables always cost more than fast food. It's ridiculous. But you got to look at beyond the immediate cost, right? Good morning, Robert. How are you? Miss Darlene says, I was just saying the same thing about people living with COVID in other parts of the world. Just a matter of doing what is safe. Let's reopen because I don't believe in two to three months anything will change. Nope. Surely will not. Um, but yeah, you know. We'll keep we'll keep at it. Um and see what happens. All right, let me see here. So Miss Sue says, yes, it did me world of good in terms of her health. Good morning, Scott. How are you? That's Mr. Monkey Guy. Um, he's got the um, oh gosh, what's the proper name of it, Scott? Help me out here now. Um, Waffle Monkey. Scott is from Waffle Monkey. And again, ooh, that's an indulgence for you. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Delicious. But again, moderation. You can't eat there every day. But, uh, you know, check Scott out. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Miss Ruby says, good morning. How can I reach you? Um, Kevin says, Facebook doesn't give me an option to message you. Hmm. Okay. There's Kevin's WhatsApp number. Yeah, definitely. Miss Ruby, thank you for, um, being willing to assist. Um, beautiful. All right. So let's talk about this situation yesterday. So there I was um, sitting in a meeting yesterday morning, and um, I got a phone call about the situation at doctor's hospital. And I had to like say, what? What did you just say? So this person, and we don't know if she's a nurse, but I'm assuming she has some sort of medical training. Because you can't just put any and everybody out there to stick somebody up the nose with a swab. So maybe she's a nurse's aide, a nurse's assistant. I don't know. She's got some kind of medical training for them to be able to hire her into this position. Which is concerning that someone with medical training would do that um, in terms of the allegation is not fully disclosed their connections to Northside and the outbreak that we have in Northside. So anyway, um, as luck would have it, she is now tested positive. Um, and, you know, we put the story up. And uh, shortly after that, the government made a statement and they sent that out and we updated the story. Now, um, typical fashion, folks, um, you know, 
we we all have a responsibility again this goes to like personal responsibility we all have a responsibility to be extremely careful with our individual actions and how that impacts other people when contact tracing begins you have to be honest with public health sometimes your honesty will mean that you are outing your own business because maybe it's like you got a boyfriend or somebody you shouldn't be seeing in Northside, or I don't know what the situation is, but you got to think about the bigger picture and the greater good, especially folks, when your connection um, is people who've already been impacted by this and you're in a medical profession, you're at a hospital. Now, the hospital um, has. Um, the hospital has already said that they, the person wasn't inside the hospital, that she's working just outside, and so she wouldn't come in contact with anybody inside. And I thought to myself, where does she use the bathroom? Now, I haven't been there, so I don't know. Um, but is there an outside bathroom facility for her? So you mean to tell me she doesn't go inside? For lunch, she doesn't go inside to use the bathroom. She doesn't go inside for anything at all. Are you sure about that? Like that just sounds um, a little bit peculiar to me. But anyway, they've said that she doesn't go inside. Those testers don't go inside and they have no contact with um, those individuals. Hmm. Okay. Um... Do I believe that? I have questions about that. Mm -hmm. So their statement was pretty short. Uh, they said, listen, she was wearing PPE equipment all the time. So the chances of anyone being um, impacted by her would be relatively slim. You know what they say about Murphy's Law? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen, slim or not. Eh. My concern is, um, you know, she wasn't exactly uh, telling the truth. Uh, it appears from the stories that I've heard about her status. So um, it's just, it, it's it's just crazy to me, you know? But anyway, she's positive. She's unvaccinated. Here's the other thing. A hospital continues to have unvaccinated people that they just hired? Doctor's hospital, step up to the plate, please. Let's have a conversation. Step up to the microphone. You just hired someone. The first question should be, are you vaccinated or not? I don't care if you're on the inside or the outside. You're going to be working with people and sticking something up their nose. You understand what I'm saying? So I would think that the necessity to get vaccinated would be a prerequisite in this day and age for anybody working in a nursing home or any medical professionals. Now, you know, some medical professionals um, are anti-vaxxers. And in fact, I was just reading a story. Um, I'm, I'm watching another show here and the person is wearing the mask underneath the nose. Folks, you might as well not wear a mask. <laughs> you know, the droplets come from your nose, right? Uh, 
not so much from your mouth, but from your nose. If you're going to wear your mask under your nose, then don't wear it at all. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. And I know how hard it is to breathe in these masks. Trust me, every time my glasses are getting fogged up, I can't breathe. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I need to run to the restroom just to be able to take it off and like take a big breath. I feel like a whale. Taking a big breath and then run back in the store and continue shopping. That's why these days I'm walking with a shopping list and I'm in and out. I can't be walking up and down the aisles, lollygagging as they say anymore. Because the mask thing isn't all that comfortable and I understand the necessity to wear it. But my public space time is going to be very, very limited. So Irvlyn says, now that kind of behavior makes us can't trust people like her. You can't trust anybody, Irvlyn, truth be known. And so, yes. And on top of it, she was riding a public bus. So I have grave concerns about the public bus situation because I know people have been getting on public buses and they've not been masking up. Now, if you calculate the ride from Georgetown um, and a public bus, to uh, north side, depending on time of day, you're looking at anywhere from a good 45 minutes, because remember, they got to make other stops and pick people up and whatever. So probably a minimum of 45 minutes up to an hour and a half of you sitting on a bus, breathing on people and others. So if you've been taking a bus to north side, I mean, obviously, we don't know who she is and we don't name positive um, people anyway. I don't know if the police are looking at her and the public health is looking at her in terms of any charges, um, you know, but if she wasn't entirely um, truthful with them, I don't know that that's an offense though. Is that an offense? I think it must be an offense to not tell public health stuff, but they probably won't do anything about it. Let's be honest here. That's a little bit of a, um, a gray area and uh, they're struggling to even prosecute people who are blatant offenders, much less any gray areas. So I don't necessarily see them doing anything to her, but lady, now she's in isolation. She'll stay in isolation until she gets the all clear in terms of a negative test. I'm assuming doctor's hospital is going to take her back. I'm not trying to say fire the woman because everybody needs a job, but can we get um, frontline employees in the medical profession uh, vaccinated. Now, you guys need to start asking this question of your professionals. You need to start uh, asking your doctor, are you vaccinated, doc? Right? So let me just have a look here at something. I'm going to tell you guys um, about this lady who is a nurse who unfortunately died from um, COVID. So um, she, let me see here. Um, So this is in America, of course. Um, Really, really sad situation. Let's have a look at this. Let me show you guys what I'm looking at. You guys want Eggos? He worked as a truck driver. Today, Daryl Rise is a full-time caregiver in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, to 10-year-old twins Emmett and Emery. 
after their mother, Daryl's sister, died last month from COVID-19. As they were innovating her, um, and they've given her the sedation and the paralytic, um, which is standard, um, her heart just let go. Natalie Rise was only 46. Tell me, what did Natalie do for a living? Uh, Natalie was a registered nurse, and she did uh, home health care. And she went around and helped people in their homes, uh, elderly. Which made her firm anti-vaccination stance all the more puzzling. She was telling me not to be vaccinated. I think it was from misinformation. I think it was from uh, falling into negative social media and uh, bloggers. YouTubers. As the Delta variant continues to run rampant, healthcare leaders face a challenge. Nearly 30% of their own race as of July still have not been vaccinated, according to the COVID state project. And as cases of hospitalization remain high here in Idaho, one official says only one word to describe the current situation. Awful. Um, we're in the worst state that we ever have in the pandemic. Things right now so dire. That last week, the state authorized hospitals the right to ration treatment. It comes even as the state still has no mask mandate. Protesters staging mass burning rallies like this one in March. Idaho also has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. The lack of restrictions causing frustration in neighboring Washington state, where there is a mask mandate and where hospitals like this one in Spokane are filling up patients from Idaho. Doctors warning everyone from cancer patients to people on a transplant list to see the latest treatment. Those patients who are impacted in their families, how do they take that? Horribly, and rightly so. We're doing everything we can to expand capacity and get those folks in the operating room and their surgeons who can hear them. But at the end of the day, we're delaying their care. They did CPR for 45 minutes. As Daryl got the tragic call, his sister had died. I was destroyed. I didn't know what's going to happen with these two beautiful children. He was also grappling with something else. His 71-year-old unvaccinated mother had also gotten COVID and was coming out of a medically induced coma. She had been told that her daughter, just a few rooms away, had died from the same disease. I got a phone call from the nurses saying, get back up here, we're going to tell your mom. You need to tell your mom or all mothers. And she deserves to know. Even now, Daryl says his mother is still on the fence about the vaccine, indicative of a struggle to end the pandemic. Do you know what I'm talking about? Now left to raise his niece and nephew. He says the day following his sister's death. The next day, I went up on vaccination. It was the hardest decision of my life. You know, I'm going to do right by God, I'm going to do right by Natalie. And uh, I got out of fear. Wow. Um. God, I mean, every time I see these, um, I got to tell you that it it literally brings me to tears. Um, he said that he got it out of fear because he's wondering if he's doing right by God. Why wouldn't God want you to live? I don't know what kind of God people think we serve, but I'm like, really? God wants you to die? A nurse? And the mother is still, still being stubborn. She's like, she's not, well, she's 71. Maybe she doesn't care that much about what's left of her life. Um, but you know, those poor kids have no mom. I always think that a mother's greatest fear is to die prematurely before your children reach certain milestones in their lives. And when they're that young, you know, Poor Daryl. He doesn't look like he's, I guess he'll do his best. Um, but I'm sure that's going to be a struggle for him. 
to raise his niece and nephew that he just didn't plan on. You know, I don't know what his job is or what his finances are, but all of a sudden he's got the burden of two more mouths to feed. And, uh, but, you know, he said the day after she died, he went and got his vaccine out of fear. But the fear of dying and the fear of death for some people just isn't enough. Um, it looks like she didn't have an opportunity to speak on it because as they were trying to, as he said, um, actually, uh, you know, uh, intubate her, he, she actually died in that process. So she didn't even get that far, which is crazy. That process, I've never seen it done. You know, we always watch these um, Grey's Anatomy and all these hospital shows and whatever. But they say it's putting someone on like ventilation, that sort of thing. They say it's not a very pretty thing to have to do or for your body to go through or to even witness um, being done to someone. And it takes a toll on you. And um, as you can see, her heart just couldn't take the trauma of that procedure. And that procedure procedure uh, is traumatic, you know, and her heart just gave out. So I, I, I wondered when I was reading the story, if, um, if she was, if that procedure was successful, what would she have then said about her decision? Like if she would have been having any second thoughts. So, oh yes, there's more information in the story. It says that uh, Daryl has given up his job as a truck driver to help care for the 10 year old twins. Oh, they're twins. His sister left behind. How's he going to take care of them with their job? Wow. That's crazy. Poor Daryl. So that particular state has a very low rate and imagine that 30% of medical professionals are still um, not vaccinated. And then the sad thing is that the hospital situation means that um, other people, cancer patients, heart, like other people, organ transplant patients are having their surgeries and their care postponed and delayed because the hospitals are flush and overrun by COVID patients. The large majority are of who are unvaccinated people. Well, it's sad. 46 year old Natalie. Um, all I can say is rest in peace. Keisha. Um, says I'm taking it and I'm healthy and says all frontline people should be vaccinated. Um, Abigail says this is so irresponsible for someone of her position, make you wonder about who else is walking around. Unfortunately, we just never know. Um, Everton says, this is the whole thing. If you don't believe in vaccines, there's nothing someone can tell you or anybody can tell you to convince you to take the vaccine. They just want to be 
in like they believe, for example, a couple in Texas, they had a newborn baby. Oh, I was reading this article actually, um, Everton. They decide to go to a restaurant, you know, the scoop, um, enjoying the... Long story short, they went into the restaurant and sat down. Waitress came over and told them that they cannot wear masks. So yeah, they went into a restaurant and this guy um, says that he's an anti-masker, the restaurant owner. And so the waitress went over and she's like, you know, I'll, I'll deliver the news a little bit nicer than he will. But basically you have to leave because you're wearing a mask. And they actually have a baby who is, whose health is compromised. So of course they're trying to protect her, you know, they're, I'm sure they're, they're vaccinated and, you know, they're wearing their mask and they're doing all the right things. Um, but yeah, the restaurant owner, um, told them to get out because they're wearing, because they are wearing a mask, which is just so crazy. And he didn't, um, he didn't want that. Let's, let's have a quick look at this story because it is, it is very weird to me that, that, that would be, um, I would almost expect the opposite to happen, but it looks like people have really lost their, their good common sense in this day and age. But here's that story. Thanks, Daryl, for reminding us of it. Who managed to score a rare night out after the birth of their child says it was cut short when the restaurant asked them to leave because they had on face masks. The couple says they wore them to protect their baby boy who is immunocompromised. And that couple is with us now from Dallas. Natalie Wester and Jose Lopez. Uh, good morning and little one with us as well. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened here. I know you went into this establishment. Cheers to you for, you know, getting out together and putting your marriage, you know, first, probably for the first time in a while there. And it, a waitress actually approached you at your table as you were wearing your mask. Natalie, tell me what she said. Yeah, so um, our waitress came up and she basically said, you are going to need to pull your mask down, take it off, because this is a political situation, but um, the owner here doesn't believe in masks and, uh, you know, there's a strict no mask policy here. And so then what happened, Jose? Well, then we were asked to, you know, either remove our mask or leave and then we explained that the reason we weren't removing our mask was for our son who has cystic fibrosis but even after we explained what that was to them and the reason why we're taking the mask they didn't seem to care like your political views are more important than a child's health i guess yeah they told us that if we um if we didn't want to take our mask off that we were going to have to close our chest and leave so we chose to do that but just explain cystic fibrosis i mean look you know our understanding is the risk is low to children even though we obviously want to protect them it is important to protect them but in the case specifically jose of a small child with cystic fibrosis well, yeah, you're like, dealing with a lot of other things like you said it is uh not as risky for younger people but that's younger healthy people our son immune comfort yeah our yeah he's immune compromised yeah. um and we've been told by uh his doctors to continue to wear a mask throughout even without covid to be worried about you know flu season and rsv and things like mm -hmm. that we just have to take extra precautions yeah. yeah look you know i am uh, friends with someone who has a small vulnerable child and they've been told the same thing this is the this is the reality if you have a, a small vulnerable child 
Um, Jose and Natalie, I do want you to listen to what the owner of the restaurant that you were at, Hang Time, had to say about why he asked you to leave. Let's listen. I spent my money on this business. I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this business. And I don't want any masks in here. I feel the overall reaction with the mask is ridiculous in the United States right now. Natalie, your, your reaction to that? Yeah, um, well, I, I, that's definitely the feeling we got that night, for sure. Um, I, I think that he's made a very scientific situation political, unfortunately. Um, and I do wish that he were to be more hospitable and understanding towards his customers that might need extra protection. You know, mm -hmm. some people have disabilities and, and whatnot. It's just very surprising and shocking that he, he seems to not care or have remorse. And it's kind of frustrating trying to get through this pandemic and people just jumping backwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's very a frustrating situation. So, folks, there you go. Um, he said that it is political um, in his opinion, and he doesn't like how masks look or, or make people feel in his establishment. And um, I guess it's his choice. It is his business. I think he probably might lose more business than anything else, because as we know, restaurants and bars are one of the the, the high-risk areas, gyms, restaurants, bars, where you're more likely to get exposed to COVID um, just because of the environment. So um, it's unfortunate, you know, but they have to think about their son. They have an immunocompromised baby. So cute. Is he not the cutest little thing? And, um, you know, you have to think about your child first and foremost. So sad situation, but this is, this is what people are doing. Um, I'm hearing locally that some companies are giving the vaccinated persons privileges um, to be able to, you know, um, walk around and, and do things in the office space and the unvaccinated people don't have that privilege. So, um, you know, it's a sad, sad situation, but people are drawing, drawing the line. So miss, um, a question here to, um, thank you, Angeline for joining us. Um, Vernita has a question about sick and disabled. Well, Vernita, you need to have a discussion with your, with your medical professional who knows your history, but most people who are sick and disabled are the ones who got it first because they were the ones who are most at risk, right? So if you have existing comorbidities and you have a higher risk, you would have been the category of people. Uh, who they first said, go and get vaccinated because um, COVID will kill you more likely than others who might have more of a fighting chance. But you need to have that conversation um, with your professional because nobody knows your exact condition and what your medical history is. Um, it's highly recommended that pregnant women get it as well. Um, so here's what the CDC says about disabilities. And I want to invite you Ms. Vernita, to make sure you tune in on Thursday evening show with the epidemiologists so that we can talk about some of these things. Um, but it says, if you have one of the disability types listed below, 
you have an increased risk of being infected or having unrecognized illness, you should discuss your risk or illness with your healthcare provider. So um, people with limited mobility who cannot avoid coming in close contact with others may be infected, such as direct support providers and family members. Um, you know, and they have just a list here of things that you need to be concerned about. So the bottom line is you're actually at higher risk of getting COVID and of serious complications because of your um, underlying issues. So, oops. So again, you know, they were recommending it for the elderly. So remember that was the category that we prioritized here um, because anyone 45 and over has a um, higher risk of dying from COVID. Anyone 65 and over, then your risk jumps from, um, I forgot what the percentage was, but it jumps significantly. Um, so that is certainly something to, to think about. So just because you have a disability doesn't mean that um, you're going to have an issue with a vaccine. There are other people even here. Miss Darlene has, you know, she has some disabilities and Miss Darlene has taken it and she's perfectly fine. You want to take every step possible to protect yourself. And the vaccine is one of those steps. You know, wearing your mask, staying at least six feet from people, avoiding crowds and poorly ventilated spaces, washing your hands often, using hand san sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol is some of the other things that you can do. So Carol Ann wants to know, Sandy, are you prepared for your five-year-old to get the vaccine? Yes, if the vaccine is um, proven to be safe, and we're going to talk about this as part of our COVID um, spotlight series, but we are going to talk about what is happening now with the five to 11-year-olds and trying to get that group um, approved and what trials have been undertaken and why Pfizer is um, requesting emergency use authorization um, of course, the five-year-olds are not getting the same dose that you are as an adult. So we can certainly get into some of those details from a scientific scientific and medical perspective from the experts that we'll be having on the um, various programs with Kevin. Um, thank you, Mr. Blair. Uh, yes, it's sad. The world is becoming more and more polarized because of this situation. Um, Ms. Brenda says, if you think um, education is expensive, try ignorance. Quote from Nelson Mandela. It really is an appropriate quote. I think you're asking for the contact number. Let me just flash that on the screen, 324-1612. By the way, we've got mugs back in stock, folks. So if you're looking for a mug, um, do hit me up. Um, oh, Face shields. Let me talk about this because this is really an important point. Someone went into a local grocery store recently. Let me just go back to this message. I'm going to read the message to you and then I'm going to tell you that they don't accept face um, shields because in fact, they're not all that effective. I went to a restaurant last week and I saw a girl with one and I didn't necessarily want to have a conversation with her, but they have so much of an opening around a face shield that you might as well not really be wearing it. It gives you very, very limited protection. So here's what the person said. The person says, I went into this grocery store um, with my seven-year-old wearing a face shield because she has a medical problem with the mask. And I entered the grocery store with no problem. And then um, 
they went to another store at about 6 p.m. with wearing the same mask, the same face shield. And the um, security was rude and told them that my child, you cannot enter with that face shield. I asked him who told him that when we were in there in the afternoon. And the same security apparently never said anything unless it's because you were on the phone or not paying attention. They were so mean. Um, they made my seven-year-old cry as I explained she cannot wear a mask and she's wearing a shield. And he said, he not business. <laughs> He's only passing on the message. I asked to speak to the supervisor manager. Um, I phoned customer service and spoke to some female who told me that she um, will send her supervisor. I stood there for 15 minutes and I called back since the supervisor didn't show up. I'm standing next to the security with my seven-year-old and the supervisor showed up and said to the security, no child under five is allowed without a mask, face shield or not. The security said to the supervisor, see the lady there? And she said nothing to me and just walked away as if I were invisible. Now, obviously, this is a customer service issue. And the um, owner of this business said, said that aspect of it will certainly be addressed, right? And then she gives a um, description of the supervisor being a short, dark, Hispanic female. She walked off. Uh, customer service is lacking, which if this is what happened, then definitely customer service is lacking. And I've, I feel my child deserves an apology for being denied entry despite me explaining her medical condition. So this is what the owner of the business said. Um, they said, um, we do not allow face shields in this environment. If you're going to fight the infection, we cannot fool ourselves that fa face shields offer any defense to the other person if you have it or to you if someone else has it. Due to the Delta variant being so infectious, we made the decision to not allow face shields. And then she, they went on to say that they'll address the customer service issue with the guard because they're only trying to do their job and it's not easy for them when customers do not like mandates that are in place. And um, that they had, they personally had an issue with the customer at another location on Saturday with the same face shields. So let's talk about this um, whole situation, folks, as it relates to face shields. They're not effective. Let me see what, what we're talking about in terms of um, effectiveness. Give me one second. All right, so according to the CDC, um, face shields are not as effective. Give me one second here. I wonder if they have any. Um... The CDC does not recommend, listen carefully, folks. The CDC does not recommend using face shields or goggles as a substitute for masks. Goggles or other eye protection may be used in addition to a mask, but do not put a plastic face shield or a mask on newborns or infants. Well, that's another issue. Face shields and goggles are primarily used to protect the eyes of the person wearing it. Goggles do not cover the nose and mouth. Um, face shields are not as effective at protecting you or the people around you from respiratory droplets. And face shields have large gaps, which you can see all over below and along the face line where your respiratory droplets may escape and reach other persons around you. So they do not protect you from respiratory droplets from others. However, 
wearing a mask um, may not be feasible in every situation for some people is what they say. But they go on to say uh, people who interact with those who are deaf or hearing impaired may find that a face shield is better than a mask when communicating. If you must wear a face shield instead of a mask and they give you some guidelines, but they do not recommend face shields, folks. Um, so that's something to think about. And you can see it because even when I was speaking to this lady in the restaurant the other day, I was, um, thank you, uh, Kevin just sent me a video. I was um, looking at this and I thought to myself, she's taught like everything's exposed like you know face shield comes here but underneath you know droplets remember droplets can go up to six feet that's why they say six feet apart and in certain situations if you're jogging or doing other stuff it travels beyond that as those germs and droplets are projected even further so let's have a demonstration thank you my good co-host there of um what it is that we're talking about in real terms Good morning to the beautiful Lizette. Rachel is joining us. Thank you. Um, Rachel says that she went to the doctor, uh, the dentist and dermatologist this week. And I called first and asked if their staff were vaccinated. Thankfully, they were. Vaccinated equals no business from me. So people are drawing the line when it comes to their own health and safety. Um, what was that comment about hugging? Sorry. Uh, oh, Jess says I could hug you for that 100%. Uh, Vernita, not one of my doctors told or encouraged me. Well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> Hate to ask where you go for your medical care. Um, but child, so many of them are overwhelmed. They're just like pushing you in and out, but they should be encouraging you to do it. Uh, what a mess. Uh, Ms. Sue says, yes, people with uh, COPD are waiting for those boosters or asthma. Um, Ms. Darlene says, sick and, and disabled. Well, thank God I got the all clear to get the jab. Was there at my GP, um, was there as my GP slotted me. I have all sorts of stuff to deal with going for my booster next week. Had absolutely no issues. Thank you, Miss. Um Renita says, I'm an anti-vaxxer. You are. However, I'm going to get vaccine. Then you're probably not an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> All right, let's have a look. Um, Iva says, I'm a cancer survivor. Had a mild heart attack last December. And I reached out to my overseas doctor and she gave me the all clear to take the vaccine. Very good. Um... Everton says, if your immune system is compromised, I miss Vernita, hopefully this is helpful. Um, you need to get the vaccine. I'm, I'm confused by your, your statement. I'm an anti-vaccine, however, I'm going to get it. My God is bigger than any vaccine. You're going to get it or you're not going to get it. I'm, I'm not clear. Um, we, we, um, so she's a mug freak. Uh, message me and I'll tell you where you can collect um, a mug today. Zoe, um, Alice has seen with Zoe and she got her vaccine and not an issue. Uh, yes, your nose and your mouth must be protected. Yes, indeed. So let's have a look at this video that was just sent to us, folks. Um, good illustration of what you're probably uh, looking at. 
when it comes to um, vax, uh, shields. Hmm. All right, folks. Um, so you see how ineffective the shields are in particular. Bottom line is CDC doesn't recommend them. There'll be businesses that will not accept them uh, being worn here in the Cayman Islands because what, what would be the point if they're not all that effective, um, you might as well not be wearing anything at all. So um, I don't know, you know, when people say a mask mandate, maybe they should clarify, but um, I would say that shields are just not included in that terminology. So be very, very cognizant of that. I think, unfortunately, what that mother has to do, who was experiencing that issue, she's going to have to find alternative means of going grocery shopping um, in those locations without her child. And I know it's, I know it's difficult, you know, I sit here with the benefit of having another parent in my household, but I'm aware that there are single moms and fathers out there who do not um, necessarily have that option. So um, I don't know if you have the option of, you know, having someone else go out and do the shopping for you. Um, you got you to gotta be creative here and come up with a way to 
to do this. Yeah. So folks, uh, yeah, it is what it is. So very, very um, sad situation there, but we're giving you the information. There will be grocery stores and other businesses that will not allow you in with a shield. Uh, Ms. Brenda says, yes, um, they don't uh, really, you know, offer you that protection. Rachel says field face shields aren't effective. Unfortunately, think about it. They let you breathe, they let your breath escape out. If you were vaping and wearing a mask, um, wearing a face shield, the smoke would escape, wouldn't it? Same with your breath and more importantly, the droplets. Uh, masks are there to stop health droplets and aerosols being breathed out into the communal air. And if we're all masked up, we can help to filter the air of our breath and droplets. Um, so, yes, they don't cover anything properly, unfortunately, Irvelyn. So, um, thank you, Kevin. I think that's the same video that you um, shared with us. Um, Miss Brenda says an idea for your next giveaway is mask that says I'm vaccinated. Oh, that's a good idea. Except I don't know if I'd take somebody's word for it, right? Oh, so let me tell you guys what happened to me yesterday. So I went to the grocery store um, to do the family of five, right? So again, Tish, big shout out to her. Her gift certificate went a long way to being able to support that family. And while some of the, I was at the grocery store, I had to go back to the car and look for something in the car. <clears throat> and I opened the trunk and you know my worst nightmare, child. W one of my worst nightmares, a frog. Oh, Lord. In the little thing of the trunks. But of course now because I opened it, he kind of scooted up at the top. And I thought to myself, oh Lord, have mercy. If this frog gets in the car, I'm literally going to have a heart attack. So uh, the guard was there and um, I was like, you know, he's not gonna be able to help me because he's spraying people. So they're not spraying you as you go into fosters again as well. They're spraying you down and spraying down. I think this is gonna be a permanent situation and spraying down the carts. And um, so he was doing that. And I saw one little old man off to the side. And I said, sir, I said, are you afraid of frogs? And he was like, what? I said, are you afraid of frogs? Because listen, I've met some men who were just as afraid of frogs as me. So there's no need to call those particular men to the rescue because they're not going to be able to help me. So he says, oh, no, honey, I'm not afraid of frog. I said, oh, thank God. There's a frog that is in this thing. I'm afraid he's actually going to get inside the car. And if that happens, I'm going to have a heart attack. So the man kind of chuckled. He said, all right, miss, no problem. So um, he proceeded to help. Now he had to feel, because the frog had moved, he had to feel around and eventually um, he had moved like up at the top. And so um, he was able to like flick him off the car. I was like, Phew, thank God. So then um, the gentleman says to me, can you give me a ride to West Bay? And it was so ironic because just yesterday morning on, remember when I was speaking to um, KISS 106, we were talking about giving people a ride. I said, anybody who wants to get in my car, uh, you know, they're going to have to be vaccinated. So I'm like, oh God, here we go now. The universe testing me. And I felt so bad. So I said, 
to him. I said, um, I said, well, I can't take you all the way to West Bay, which was true because I had a meeting at two o'clock. It was a business meeting and I needed to be on time. But I said, I'm going as far as West Bay Road um, by, oh God, what's the name of that plaza? Queens Court. So I'm like, I can give you a ride that far. He said, oh yeah, well, you know, it might be a little bit easier for me to catch a bus on West Bay Road and then go into West Bay. He had a few little bags of groceries with him, nothing much. So um, I said to him, I wasn't quite finished shopping yet. So I needed to go and finish checking out. And then I needed to run to Price Right to get some snacks for the family, for the kids. So he said, no problem. He wasn't in a rush, whatever. And he was so helpful. He helped me load it up, load up the, um, the groceries initially in my car. Then I ran to Price Right. And then um, big shout out to KK, by the way. Um, because I was pinched for time, I couldn't go and deliver. I couldn't go to Northward, right? So I sent out a message on my WhatsApp group. KK came to the rescue. She said, Sandy, I got you. I'll do the delivery for the family today. As, as the premier says, community creates country. You know, sometimes here's KK and I at Foster's. Um, sometimes you've got to just help each other out. So um, here's a little gentleman. I took a little picture of him when he was helping me locate the frog. <laughs> he was like, those frogs can be so tricky. So he was looking to see if it was inside, but he was wearing his mask. It turns out it was right at the top in the little crevice. So he was able to flick it off the car. So he was wearing his mask. And I said to him, sir, you'll have to sit in the back seat, um, you know, and um, relax yourself. And, you know, I gave him a ride. So there's KK. Bless her. She delivered the groceries uh, immediately to the family. And that was fantastic. Because, yeah, I just did not have, unfortunately, the capacity to do all of that yesterday because of um, a meeting that I had to attend. So yeah, almost got got uh, scared by a frog again. These things find a way into your car like you would not believe. Frogs. Did I tell you guys about the one time that there was a roach that was trying to get in the car? Like I opened up the back door and it was in the thing. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I slammed the door and I ran into, um, I was at Ty Orchid. I ran inside and Woody came outside, the little guy there, Woody. A uh, big shout out to Ty Orchid, by the way. I love their staff. He came to my rescue and it's a good thing he did because by the time he came, that roach already moved from the back door to the front door and was going to be in my car. Now y'all know how that would have ended. I would have been driving, trying to mind my own business and felt this roach either crawling on me somewhere or flying in my car. Like that's the kind of thing that makes you crash. No, no two ways about it. I would have ended up in a light pole, a tree, only God knows. So Woody um, flicked him out of the car and stomped on him for me. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. What are the chances? But it happens. And those flying roaches, they are the worst creation in the world. Oh, my God. They just make my skin crawl. Anyway, um, did I ever tell you guys about the story where a guy goes to a local fast food restaurant and um, he's in his car, right? This is a true story. True story. He's in his car and he says that um, he, he then contacts the fast food restaurant and said, oh, I opened up my food and it had a roach in it when I got in the car. And they were like, what? A roach in your bag from us? They said, wow, the chances of that happening, I mean, nothing's impossible, but the chances of that happening are slim to none. Like our staff are there packing and look, you know, like what? 
So they went and um, pulled out the camera footage and they've got some really good cameras, right? So listen to how amazingly crazy this story turns. So they pulled out um, the, ca the camera footage and they actually saw the roach fly into his van. Now you listen to this story, right? The roach was caught on CCTV camera flying into the man's van. And I don't know where it landed in the van or whatever. So when he went now, I guess that roach wanted a piece of that burger too. When he went to open up his um, food, you know, lo and behold, there's this roach and he's thinking that the roach came out of the bag and it didn't, it flew in the car. It was just coincidental timing that as he was picking up his stuff, open the window, whatever, to take the food in, here comes a roach flying in that open window at the same time. Oh, honey child. Lenny says that happened to me. It was hidden in the crack of the door. They love, oh, those frogs are so disgusting. They love to do that. Almost jumped inside when I opened the door. I hate frogs. Me too. At one time I had one in the car. He was in the back windshield. It was when I had my first little, I had a little Mercedes A-class. And you know how they, they are like, have like a little hatchback in the back. And so I was driving and I saw him in the mirror and I'm thinking, is that on the inside? You know how you can't always tell? Is that on the inside or the outside of the car? And I thought it was the outside until I heard something go bloop. And I said, oh, hell no. No, 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 no. If that was the outside, I would not have heard it that loudly inside the car. So that's what made me know that he was inside. And I'll never forget it. <clears throat> I was driving by the Ritz. The Ritz was still under construction. This tells you how long ago this was. Ritz was still under construction. And the guys were all lined up there working. I literally just pulled up the handbrake. I don't even think I put the car in park. <clears throat> I just pulled up the handbrake and ran out of the car. Thankfully, nobody in West Bay Road hit me. And these guys are like, miss, what's going on? Are you okay? Like all the construction guys, there's a big drop off. Um, I pulled off the road a little bit, but, but at that time there was like a big drop off right there where the Ritz like is, right? And the guys, construction guys were there. I, I just pulled up the handbrake and jumped out. And they're like, what's going on? I said, there's a frog in my car. Oh my God. You're and they were just like, okay, lady, calm down. <laughs> and they helped me out. But I've had guys before like, oh, no, I can't help you because I'm afraid of frogs too. I'm like, really? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Some of them are just completely out of control. Uh, rain spray takes care of them. Oh, Miss Brenda, I can't even deal with. And you know, during COVID, we had an issue with those flying roaches. They were getting into our attic space in the attic. And I tried writing to like the police and the premier to get permission for emergency. Um, you know, I was like, we'll leave the house to do uh, emergency pest control. And they would not approve me for emergency pest control. And I mean, I don't go in the attic, but they were finding their way down into my living space. Okay. And I was like, listen to me, this is not cool. Um, so the second we could start having people like come in, I call and I'm like, listen, come and treat. But we figured out that there was an actual space, we think um, on an AC unit that's up there, that they were finding their way in. And you guys know how prolific they are at breeding. And um, 
one almost gave me a heart attack when it came into this recording area. Cause literally I, I didn't know what it was, but something flew by me. And I'm like, the only thing that would be flying like that is a flying cockroach. And I jumped out of here like a bat out of hell, ran out of the office, called my husband. And he's always like, what's going on, honey? I said, there's a roach. He's like, there's no roach in the office. And I said, trust me, something flew by my head. And I said, you know what? Thank God. Could you imagine if that happened while I was on air? And I literally had finished my show. This is when I was doing an evening show. I literally had finished the show not even five minutes before. Can you imagine if that had happened? You guys would have got an earful. So I said, no, I'm telling you, it has to be. What else would fly by my ear like that? That's not a mosquito because mosquitoes ain't got that kind of wing power. It's not a, it's not a fly. That's not what this was. This was something that was like moving. And he was like, I said, listen, just go in the office and spray everything in the office. And there's, there's like a big cupboard up here with like storage and books and whatever. They are so smart. I hate to think that roaches are smart, but they, they got a little mini brain in there. So you know where he had gone? He had flew all the way. There's the, the cabinets go all the way to the ceiling. But there was like a little space at the very top. And he had flew all the way up there hiding. And so my husband just started spraying. And he still couldn't find him. So, of course, I had to come back in the office. I'm like, look, I'm like, he's here somewhere. And that's where I saw him. And I said, get him, get him, get him. And then he sprayed him and got him. I'm the kind of person that if I know that there is an insect in my house, such as a cockroach, I can't sleep. I can't sit down. I can't rest. You have to find it and you have to kill it. So big shout out to Peskill. Big shout out to David um, Powery. He's in the pest control business as well. He's been here many times. Like Sandy, I'll, I'll, I'll go in the attic for you. I'm like, please do what you got to do up there. I don't want anything coming down in my living space. And you have to control. You know, they like dark areas. I'm sure they love the attic where it's dark and whatever. I'm like, take care of them. Cause I'm not about that life. Carol says my friend has frog houses by her back door so they can eat the mosquitoes. Okay. I understand that a frog has its place. I don't know what good a mis uh, cockroach is. A cockroach serves no purpose whatsoever. They are the most vile and disgusting thing in the world. <laughs> Ah, Jonathan here with his G3 plan again. He said, let's pop the bubble, get people vaccinated. Let's just do it. Open the borders. Um, Rachel says, my friend calls me to remove their frogs. I catch them in a wet towel and move them to somewhere else. They eat mosquitoes. I'm happy to keep them alive, but not in my car though. Oh girl, you are brave. Woo. Yeah. Bleach with um, water, I think does a number on frogs. Listen, I don't, I don't like if a frog isn't bothering me, then they're, they're, they're okay. Like if they're in the bushes or whatever. Right. But I don't want them jumping on me. I don't want them in my space. Like we've had a couple that have like gotten inside. Like one time poor Coco was like trying to eat a frog or lick it or whatever. And she got sick from the frog. <laughs> so I don't want them. I don't want frogs inside my house and I don't want them inside or on my car anywhere else. They're out in the bush, whatever, whatever. You know, but roaches, they could disappear from this earth and I would be perfectly fine with that. That was always my fear when I would have to walk Coco late at night 
is that a flying roach would like fly in you. Cause sometimes I, I wouldn't even look up by the lights cause they like to fly around the street lights and stuff. So I wouldn't even look up. I'm like, this is a case of ignorance is bliss. What I don't know ain't going to kill me. I hope, but we know that's not really the truth. Right. But I would just pretend don't look up Sandy. Don't look up if they're not there out of sight, out of mind. There you have it. Um, so let me just have a quick look here. Yeah, I tell y'all what, it is crazy. When you think about all this stuff. So, you know, we've been doing um, a lot of video series, like I said, with people who um, have been vaccinated and they are encouraging other people to equally uh, get vaccinated as well. So one of the most um, fun videos that I did, of course, was with none other than um, Mr. Graham Ranking himself, AKA Tubbs. Now y'all know Tubbs is quite a character. Um, just says white vinegar mixed with water has never failed me for frogs. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, a frog got my auntie's car and made her taxi driver make her taxi driver hit down two sisters and they got in a light post. Oh my gosh. No, I believe it. I totally believe how these things can make you have an accident. There was a case a number of years ago in West Bay where a woman had a snake in her car because it went through like the AC vent or something. It somehow it got in the car and child, um, mm -mm. that, yeah, they were trying to help her get the snake out. That was not a good look. All right. Here's a little good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, ma'am. Uh, we're here at the um, airport at the vaccination center, and we wanted to just ask you a few questions. Would that be all right? Sure. Tell us, who did you get vaccinated from? I got vaccinated for myself. For yourself? And then, after thinking about it, thought about grandkids, brothers, sisters, you know, family, family members that I'm always around. So basically, that was it. But then, thinking going back, um, I, that is my, with the two jobs would be my seventh vaccine that I've taken in the past. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, two, when I was growing up in East End, young boys, we had to take it to go to school. And then um, by traveling with the, being a manager and, 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 and being part of the delegation, traveling with the national football team, I took about four different vaccinations to go to South America and various other countries. And it was required for you to travel. Yeah, yeah, to travel, yeah, to travel. So we would do anything to get on the plane, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. If you won the $100,000 that's part of the um, vaccine drive, what would you do with that? $100,000. Not that I really need it, you know, but, you know, if I get $100,000, I do. I do a little traveling, take some friends with me that haven't traveled in a long time. Um, knowing that we've been in this pandemic for so long and we can't travel except go to the Brat, um, I would go far. I would go like, I would go to China. Oh boy. <laughs> ah, that would be a good one. Yeah, that would be a good one. And what would you say to anyone who hasn't yet been vaccinated? 
Well, guys, especially to the guys, my guys that I, I my, my, my guys that maybe have not been vaccinated. Guys, these are the same people I understand that make Viagra. I remember when the Viagra came out, everybody was tripping over taking this Viagra stuff that was made later on I found out by Pfizer, right? Mm -hmm. And even though it was said that many people died of heart attack from overdosing on Viagra, mm -hmm. I know hundreds of my friends that are still taking Viagra. Yeah. So if Pfizer can make Viagra and we don't know what's in that, why is it we can't make, um, take the, um, the, the vaccine to try and save our life from this pandemic? Some interesting logic there. All right. And your name, just in case people don't know, one of the most famous people in the Cape <laughs> Well, I am one of the most famous person in Cape Island, but in case they don't know, I am Graham Rankin, a.k.a. Tubbs, the one and only Miami Vice. Hailing straight from? East End. All eyes up point. Yes. Thank you. Got that. So he uh, added a bit of humor to the whole um, vaccine situation there. But I mean, he still makes a good point. He was like, listen, they were taking um, Viagra like it was nobody's business. And apparently a lot of them still are. Um, even though Viagra had some side effects, especially if you were getting the dosage a little bit wrong. But um, people are still happy to take it. And now the same company that you trust with getting you excited in the bedroom, uh, you want to question their vaccine delivery. It's like, come on now. Um, when he said that to me, I, um, I must admit that I had a little chuckle. Someone just said, Graham is the best. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, what a hot mess. Uh, Iva, that's Graham's your brother, like legit brother. Or just like brother as in, uh, and someone says you only get a stiff shoulder from which one, Viagra or Pfizer? Oh my gosh, someone's having a good laugh. Um, uh, one's having a good laugh at that one. Uh, Boom Flick had a laugh at that. Um, Everton, Everton says, I don't know. I didn't know there was snake in Cayman Islands. I have to be careful when I visit now. Yes, we have like little garden snakes, but they're not like venomous or anything like that. But still, there's a lot of people who would not want a snake in their vehicle. That's the kind of thing, again, you don't want crawling around your leg. Oh, I didn't know that, Miss Iva. Wow. Huh. Her mother's oldest child. Okay. Hmm. The things I, I, I'm the worst though when it comes to family connections because I didn't grow up in Cayman. Um, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, I went to school with them and they have an older sibling who went to school. My sister and people have that reference point, I think, of having grown, grown up with each other. Like if you were in their year group or whatever, um, or they go, no, that person has to be a little bit older than me because they went to school with my brother or sister or whatever. And I don't have any of those reference points with anybody, really. Um, so I don't know. The only people that I remember, there was a kid named, I feel like his name was Dominique, but I'm not 100% sure, in like the second or third grade. 
Um, and apparently I must've had a crush on this kid because he stands out in my mind as being really, really cute. And I only remember that he had really straight, lots of hair, um, pitch black hair. And that's all I remember about him. I don't even know who he is now or if he was like Caymanian or I don't know, but he went to Georgetown primary school. So if anybody knows a Dominique that would have gone to Georgetown primary school in the early eighties, hit me up because you know, he might've been technically my first little crush. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I left Cayman at a point when, you know, I was still in elementary school, so I wasn't quite making those associations, but wow. Uh, I've, I never knew that. Okay. Uh, lots of big families and stuff in East end, of course. Um, Miss Sue says lots of countries you have to get vaccinated to go there. Yep. Omar, good morning to Omar says, once you take the right thing and build your immune system, you can be, what is that word? I don't know what that word is. Asymptomatic. Is that supposed to be asymptomatic? Just like the people that catch it and never know. Okay. Well, asymptomatic doesn't seem to have anything to do with, um, your immune system necessarily. I mean, obviously, if you don't have a compromised immune system, that's a given. You are in a better position, but they're perfectly healthy people. And I mean, when I say healthy, like fitness gurus, who I remember early on last year, we were talking about a guy who was a fitness guy. He had like three or four children. He ended up dying of COVID. Um, there are people who are perfectly healthy with no underlying conditions, and they become very, very sick um, with COVID. So... Um, that's not going to give you 100% protection. Um, yeah. So you don't know. All right, good folks. Uh, Patricia, good morning to Patricia as well. Thank, Big shout out to you and your sister. How is she doing? Um, link me up for some mugs, Patricia. I want to make sure you get a mug. Um, somebody just sent me the donkey of the day thing from the breakfast club goes to us border agents. Oh Lord. Um, people are sending me all sorts of videos and stuff this morning. What is this? Religions are me. Okay. So we'll, we'll view that one later. That one doesn't look particularly urgent. Oh, <sighs> <sighs> Oh, yes. This is a good point that someone had just mentioned. Why are people still missing the point that not being vaccinated contributes to the spread and variants? Mm. Um, someone says, what about the unvaccinated worker at doctor's hospital? Yes, we discussed that already. So... Um, Uh, so some um, goes on to say frogs are important for the environment. Sorry that you don't like them. Listen, like I said, they can stay in the environment all they want. I don't, I don't have an issue with them at that level. And I do know that they play a part. Um, I just don't want them in my environment, you know, keep them outside. And they're kind of cute. Frogs are kind of cute in a way. Uh, but again, I'm not going to be playing with, a frog anytime soon. Uh, you know, children have no fear of these things, right? So my daughter's always like, oh, I want to grab that.
pet frog and play with it. You want to see? I'm just like, not really. <sighs> All right. Let me um, have a quick look at something here. So this whole idea of vaccinated people um, offering some protection is quite important, actually. Big shout out to our YouTube audience. So let me just have a quick look here. Yeah, so listen, one of the big issues with um, <clears throat> being unvaccinated is that you are basically spreading the virus way more uh, than you should. But if you think, right, um, that vaccinated people can still spread the virus, yes, they can. But it's like an eightfold reduction of getting the virus if you're uh, getting the virus if you've been vaccinated and a 25 fold reduction of risk of um, hospitalization or death. So let's, let's break down the numbers for you because this remains a source of confusion for people. Um, I don't know if they're not understanding what 25 fold means and what eight fold means, but that is a significant degree of protection folks that you do not get um, Otherwise, so if you're unvaccinated, you're out there spreading it, you're more likely to be hospitalized and you are more likely to a significant degree to die from it as well. So um, give me one second here. Let me break down some of it for you. That's right. The data do show that the CDC's presentation was alarming in many ways, but it also reinforced that the vaccines are very protective against severe disease. Now, the agency estimates people who are fully vaccinated have a 25-fold reduction in the risk of hospitalization and death from COVID compared to people who are unvaccinated. For getting COVID at all, the risk is eightfold lower if you're vaccinated. But cases in vaccinated people do happen. The CDC estimates about 35,000 per week among 162 million people in the U.S. who are vaccinated. Now, the agency released a case study today on the major outbreak we've been hearing about in Provincetown, Massachusetts, that began around July 4th where among 469 cases in Massachusetts, 74% were fully vaccinated. We spoke with a young man who came down with COVID after visiting. I work out five or six days a week and I was truly off my feet for six of the past 11 days, um, which was shocking to me and surprising. Now he said he was fully vaccinated and believes if he hadn't been, he'd have had to get medical care. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky saying the findings from Provincetown were a pivotal reason behind the updated mask guidance this week. That even fully vaccinated people, if infected, can carry high viral loads and potentially be contagious. But that report concluding perhaps the guidance didn't go far enough, suggesting that even areas without substantial or high transmission might consider expanding their prevention strategies including masking in indoor settings regardless of vaccination status. And Chef, a lot of people are raising questions about whether we're going to start seeing stronger measures from the federal government. And in fact, Dr. Walensky was just asked about this on Fox News tonight 
whether they're considering mandating a vaccine on a federal level, she said, quote, that's something that I think the administration is looking into. Chef, that's a reversal from what we've been hearing from the administration. In fact, just from uh, a White House spokesperson today, who said yeah. that is not on the table. So we'll wait to see if that's really a change or maybe a misspeaking, Chef. Shepard Smith here. Thanks for watching CNBC on YouTube. All right, folks. So um, again, you know, the bottom line is um, you're giving yourself a significant leg up um, when it comes to vaccinations. You know, hospital capacity is being strained, not by the vaccinated people, but by the unvaccinated people. Here's another one coming out of Minnesota um, to prove the point. Again, in case you don't believe the numbers, let's look at the raw numbers. How many people are in the hospital and ICU uh, that are vaccinated versus unvaccinated? The numbers really um, speak to the situation. There's no other way that I can say this, but I know that people um, need to constantly see it over and over and over again before they actually uh, are sometimes going to accept the information. So um, here we go. Here's another one that is worthy of us having a look at. We're getting a clear picture of the strained. Oh, sorry. My apologies. One second. Um, let me make sure that I have shared the audio on this one second for me. We're getting a clear picture of the strained hospital capacity in the state. Doctors say that COVID patients continue to congest the overall system. And Health Fairview today reports of the 140 patients currently admitted with COVID, 110 are not vaccinated. That is nearly 80%. WCCO's Jennifer Merrily found out what this means for other patients and what you can do to help. We are frankly in a challenging place. Dr. Andrew Olson is the director of hospital medicine at the U of M Medical Center. He says hospital and ICU capacity across the state is stressed because of COVID, delayed healthcare and staffing challenges. There is enough COVID in the ICUs right now that it makes it challenging uh, for a patient with simple pneumonia who is very sick from it or a patient uh, who uh, perhaps had a bad heart attack to find a bed in an expeditious manner. Hospital systems work together to find space, but that means other things that can be pushed are. There are often procedures that uh, are time sensitive uh, that need to get done that are being delayed longer than we would typically like. Uh, because we don't have inpatient capacity across the state. Well, he says they will find a way to always take care of all patients, COVID patients. The majority who are unvaccinated are taxing the system. The best way to get the numbers of COVID patients in the system and in our state down is vaccination. We can decrease severe illness, hospitalization, and death. Vaccination is the answer to that. And he says the confluence of issues is taking a toll on healthcare workers. To know that some of this is preventable and it's harder than it should be, it feels like uh, uh, quite a change from last year when we were all in this together. Jennifer Mayerly, WCCO 4 News. Hospitals are also saying people coming into the emergency room to get a COVID test. That is contributing to clogging the system. And we have a list of designated COVID testing sites across the state at wccocom links. 
All right, folks. Um, so again, you know, lots of information out there. Um, I think it's important for us to see, you know, what's happening elsewhere in the world. Uh, inspiring says, I was just asking, why is it that you never say hello to us YouTubers? I do. I always say big shout out to the YouTubers, but you know what? By and large, with a few ex exceptions, I was just scrolling through all the comments here. The YouTubers normally don't say much of anything. Like you're the first YouTuber. I'm just scrolling back up as far back as I can go from 741. You're the first comment from a YouTuber this morning. Nobody on YouTube says hi or good morning. So I do see that we have 57 plus three. What is that? 5760 um, YouTubers watching. So the backup channel has three and the primary channel has 57 people. Um, so yes, say hello and we'll say hello back. I only see who's commenting. The screen that I see only shows, shows me who's commenting. So if you comment, then I will actually see that. Um, Melissa is asking about booster shots as well as Jan. I believe the chief medical officer has said that booster shots are on the way, but we don't have, are they coming in the next shipment, Kevin, if Kevin is still listening? Because I think he's been doing a little bit of research on this. So they may be on the way the next two to eight weeks is what I think I was told yesterday. Uh, Louise says, yes, we need to open the borders. By the way, um, there's something I was just thinking of in relation to booster shots. Hmm. Totally can't remember now. Good morning, Addie. Thank you for tuning in, my love. Yes, I feel like booster shots are coming soon and they will go first to people who are immunocompromised. So if you have like lupus or any sort of um, immun immuno issue, um, you'll probably know who you are already. You will be on the list. I need to figure out how they're going to decipher, like, are they going to contact you? Are they going to leave it up to you to come in and get the boost? But I would say you as an individual take responsibility for your own health and follow up on that. Oh, I purposely not discussed the regulations because here's something that I've just discovered. Apparently, the regulations were um, released prematurely. So remember this morning, um, oh gosh. Blake was saying, well, why is there nothing on um, numbers like crowd control numbers, or whatever? It is because someone has inadvertently published ahead of the last set, the regulations you saw last night, which are actually being finalized today. So let's not talk about the regulations that we have until we have the final set. Okay. So let that be tomorrow's show, because of course, it doesn't make any sense to talk about an unfinal set. So that, no. Uh, so is that okay? Yeah, let's do that tomorrow, is what I would say. Um, thank you, Jonathan. It says, check that out. I heard that we may not have to take the booster shot. Mm. Good morning, Paula. How are you? Um, I think it is recommended even for Pfizer um, for certain categories of individuals initially, because 
um, your over time, your protection that you have from the vaccine does diminish. And it's also diminished because of the Delta variant. So you want to get that booster for bloop, increasing that. So Richard confirms that 15,000 booster shots are coming on the BA flight um, that his wife is on. Oh, Selene is coming back. You must be so happy. Wonderful. She was in, did she go to Italy? Um, so good morning, uh, Sherry Ann. How are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. Anybody else on YouTube wants to say a quick hello to everyone? Still 60 people watching from YouTube. So why not? Mm -hmm. Um, he says, I am, I sure am. Exciting reunion time. So she's going to be quarantining. Um, is she vaccinated? How long will she be quarantined for? Um, yes, Italy. I should talk to you, Richard, about something. I'll send you some information. All right. So we've got inter-island travel um, coming into effect. Well, yesterday, actually. Uh, with the regulations. But again, there is a version of the regulations that um, it's not the final version. So let us wait until we get the final one to then analyze what all of the changes are. So she's going to be doing seven days, which means she's um, vaccinated. Good morning, Sherry Ann. How are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, what a good lot of questions we have coming in. So someone says I have a question for the press briefing. Okay. We will get that question in. Um, oh, thank you so much for reminding me. Yes. Okay. The remainder of the show, let's talk about this. I need your help helping somebody else. All right. So let me tell you the situation. Okay. So somebody found a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can find the messages here. So someone found a phone and um, they, did I mention this yesterday? No. All right. So someone found a phone and this isn't the first time that they found a phone, but um, let me see. What time did they call me? I said, I need to just look at my messages yesterday. Um, yes, here we go. This is their number. I'll get so many phone calls some days. Um, all right. So they found a phone back. Uh, they messaged me about it and they found a phone on the 13th. So they message says, Hey, found a phone at Foster's, but, um, I didn't turn it in and I can't see if there's a picture cause it won't turn on. Now, I was like, I said, hey, uh, they explained that the reason why they didn't turn it in is the last time they found a phone and they turned it in at a grocery store. There was some mix up and some issue with it. Well, child, the phone gods were not looking down uh, favorably on this situation. So on Friday, I had said, you know, what kind of phone was it? And um, I didn't get a response from them. So I was like, eh, whatever, because, you know, I was going to post it for them. So I kind of left it alone. So they contacted me last week, Monday. I tried following up on Friday, got no information. I just left it. Well, yesterday they called in a panic <clears throat> to say, <clears throat> sorry, that listen to this hot mess of a situation that someone called the phone 
but I thought they said the phone couldn't turn on. It does get a little bit weird, but somebody called the phone and they answered um, the phone and um, they said, no, this isn't the person that you're asking for. I found this phone. So then the person's like, oh, that's my phone. That would be weird that you'd be calling your own phone asking for somebody. So here's the, the information on the phone. It's a Note. Is it a Note 20 or something? Anyway, it's one of those Google phones. I think it's a Note something or another. And so the person who collected the phone, it turns out, was not the actual owner of the phone. Ooh la la. So we have a phone thief who now has a, a mystic black 256 gigabyte phone. I think it's a Note 20 or something like that, whatever model they're probably close to. And this is the information off of the phone, like the IMEI number or whatever. Um, the phone owner has now shown up saying that they want $1,300 for their phone. So this person who initially found the phone has a description. So they're saying that the person drove a white vehicle, came to their house, tall, dark skin, uh, lady collected the phone. And basically she collected a phone that isn't hers. Now there's a couple ways that we could solve this mystery. If I were Detective Sandy working for the RCIPS, um, this would actually be a real easy case to solve. Now, the police are involved. Um, the lady who initially found it, um, I think she agrees with this being logical. All you have to do is go back to see whether it was Wednesday or Thursday, because that's more or less when the person had called. See who called your phone on Wednesday or Thursday and had a conversation. I'm assuming it was only conversation that the person had with someone. See who that individual was from your phone log. You can contact Flo or Digicel or whoever. I think this is a Flo customer. And um, they would be able to then suss out who called and by extension, who came and pick up the phone. We already know you drive a white vehicle. You're tall and skinny and black. Uh, that's half the mystery right there. We kind of know what you look like. You went to this person's house and you took somebody else's phone. Who does this though? I mean, really? Are y'all so desperate for a phone? Yes, Jess, another thief on the loose. And the worst part is the thief has to be a friend of the person who answered the phone. That's the most likely possibility, or this is a setup with the person who owns the phone. Maybe they sent their friend to go collect the phone and they're still wanting a little $1,300 payback claiming that they don't have the phone. Two possibilities here, and I'm not gonna rule out either one because you know people are scammers. So, um, and the fact that the phone owner isn't being particularly helpful like she is just demanding, I just want my $1,300. You gave my phone away to somebody, blah, blah, blah. She's not saying, yeah, it makes good sense for me to go check with Flo, the phone log. Um, the phone may or may not be locked to Flo. I don't know how, how these phones work. But, you know, this person might be trying to unlock this phone. So if you're in the cell phone business and someone is trying to unlock a phone, a note, I think it's a note 20, please um, call the police. So I'm a little bit suspicious about this. The person went to the house and sat in Woodgate claiming uh, the phone. 
And they're now being asked to um, return the phone. Mm -mm -mm. What a mix-up situation. And you know what is so ironic about this is that the original person who found the phone um, didn't want to, she didn't want to leave it at Foster's because she's like, oh, you know, last time that happened, there was some kind of mix-up about it. Chow, Murphy's Law. No matter how much you avoid, try to avoid a situation, looks like mix up is just going to follow you. And Jonathan says, it's a Scooby-Doo mystery, Detective Sandy on the case. Mm -hmm. Brownstown Yacht Club. I have my suspicions about the owner of the phone because she's a little bit too quick to want to um, claim that this person owes her $1,300. The police should compel her to get the phone records from Flo to show who called, I think the woman said like Wednesday or Thursday, and then subsequently showed up to this woman's house to pick up the phone. This sounds a little bit too premeditated and planned out for me. I don't like this. But what kind of person would actually call? Ask for someone and you're like, no, no, you know, I found their phone. And then go get somebody's phone. Wow. If that's really what happened, that person's a straight up thief. My goodness. What a mess. Ah. If you guys know anything about who might have the phone or whatever, um, call the police. <laughs> Anna says, good morning, Sandy. You were so smart. That's why I always watching you on the Ma Road. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much, my dear. Um, I could definitely be a detective because trust me, I could solve a couple cases around here for them. Sherry Ann says, Sandy, why is it always you solving the police issues or the police at work? This is a community policing. I hope that they give you an incentive. You're awesome. I don't need any incentive except to know that hopefully there's another phone thief that is going to be caught and they should be prosecuted if that's what they did. That's just so wrong. Um, yes. And this is the other thing too, is Google phones, much like iPhones have um, security measures on them that you know you have it linked to your Google email account. So you can track it from that. You know, these phones are amazing with tracking. And um, in addition to that, if the person tries to reset the phone, they have to have the credentials of the original email address and registration details, like login details for the phone, or they won't be able to reset it. So just return to people them phone, you phone thief. This isn't gonna work out well for you. And then when you're exposed to being a phone thief, you're going to end up in CMR and embarrass yourself. If you get a job, you're going to probably lose your job. It doesn't pay to steal. It doesn't pay to break the law. Um, even for those people sitting up in hotel rooms pretending to be wearing Louis Vuitton, it just doesn't pay. Crime never pays. It always catches up with you. Ms. Zelda says that Fosters can easily look at the CCTV camera on the day the phone was found to see that no, 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 no. Oh, of who lost it. Mm. Maybe. I don't know how long they save footage for. But um, that's a possibility. That's a recommendation. Oh, poor Foster's child. They're like, listen, we have so much work to do. But, but we know who lost it. No, let me back up, Zelda. We know, well... We know who the rightful, the person claiming to be the rightful owner of the phone is now. What we don't know is who called and went to the person's house pretending that the phone was theirs. 
So it's no longer a question of who lost the phone because this person has come forward. And they've said it's their phone. Now, hopefully the police have made them prove that because you can't just show up being like, yeah, I'm the owner of a phone. Do you have any proof? So, um, you know, then if you have proof that this is the correct owner, because you've already been jipped by someone claiming to be the owner. Here's a word to the wise. If you ever find a phone, I would say hand it to the police and do all that kind of stuff. I know a lot of you want to come to CMR because we do find and reunite people with stuff a lot quicker than the police do. We post it up and boom, in no time, people are reunited with wallets, dogs, cats, the works, right? But here's what I would recommend. I hope that all of you know by now that it's good security to lock your phones. Have a little passcode, no matter how simple it is. I mean, don't make it too simple because then that defeats the purpose of having a passcode. But have your passcode, and anytime you find a phone, don't just hand it over to the person. You know, sometimes the phones have like a backdrop photo, whatever. But folks, make the person answer the uh, open the phone. So, for example, if I, um, you know, I have my face to text thing. If I can't do that, I can put in a password. If I can't open my phone to the home screen, and you see, I keep a very generic home screen, so I don't need photos or anything on there. But if I can't open this phone, like if you find this, I think this is iPhone 12 or whatever. If you were to find, um, if you were to find this, what I would suggest is that, um, or any phone, have the person unlock it. If the person can't unlock the phone with their face or passcode or whatever, don't give them the phone. It's not their phone. Um, thank you, my dear Sherry Ann. Jonathan says that don't work out well. There was YouTube videos showing people how to bypass and reset all those phones. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's not easy to do with an iPhone anymore. Listen, a couple years ago, I forgot what model. iPhone finally said, we're tired of people stealing your phones. We're going to lock it down. And believe me, you, the security on an iPhone, you ain't opening that even if you're the FBI, really. Like FBI having to contact and CIA having to contact Apple to say, oh, we want to access this person's phone. And even then Apple's like, mm, no. So yeah. Um, and you know that iPhone thefts dropped significantly. I think the technology was always there. Apple was just being careless um, about not implementing it, not deploying it. But now uh, iPhone thefts have dropped significantly. And what they find happening is people are no longer stealing the phone for the phone. They're stealing it for the parts. So they know they'll never be able to use the phone, but then um, they'll steal it for the parts. Deep Blue C says this is an easy case to solve. The owner can kill that phone from the network and use um, on any other network. They can track the phone easily, assuming it's linked to their Google account. That's what I'm saying is they need to do that. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, we now know that the person who initially collected the phone isn't the owner. Or so they say, like I said, I mean, you have to leave all possibilities open because somebody is being very dishonest here. Uh, Paula says that's dishonesty. It's sad that the world, that's the world that we're living in now. Exactly. And this is why you always got to be on your P's and Q's with people. You just can't. I mean, it's sad, right? 
that we can't trust people and take people at face value. Um, I had a business meeting one day last week, early last week, and the person and I were talking about different things and they said, oh, you know, we should have an NDA, you know, non-disclosure agreement. And I said, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But let's say what they said, you know, in the meantime, what we discussed today, can we just shake on it? Gentleman's honor. And I said, yeah, but how many people really operate based on gentleman's honor anymore? You know, because it was business sensitive information. And so I said, yeah, I'm not going to share that with anybody. The only person I would share it with really would be my husband. Because he's not my business partner, but you know, you tell your spouse things, right? Even in terms of business. And um, sometimes I want his feedback on certain decisions that I may be contemplating or whatever as well. Um, so yes, um, you know, those concept of a handshake, conceal the deal, a gentleman's honor, all those things have largely fallen away when someone gives you their word. You know, I have a vendor that I order some stuff from and I have a certain price point. And there was some dispute a couple of days ago, like I sent them a payment, which is the same amount that I always send, but I hadn't ordered from them in a while. So I think they have new staff. So when I sent the payment, they said, oh, but that's only for so many of these items. And I said, no, I had a different, because that's the usual price. I had a little bit of a special price. And um, and I said, you know, this is this was the agreement. Now it wasn't like a big time contract or anything in writing. And I said, but yeah, this is agreement. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to honor it. And I said, thank you. Um, especially since it wasn't in writing. I mean, I could go back to my messages and find it if I really needed to, but I was glad that it wasn't like, oh no, you need to prove it. And yeah, you know, it wasn't like a big, it, they didn't make a big deal out of it. Once I said to them that this is what we had agreed upon. Um, yes, Ms. Zelda, because if the person who found the phone is shown in Foster's CCTV footage, and it's the same person who collected the phone, then who is the person demanding the $1,300? You see, I'm telling you, this could very well be that the owner, and this is where the police, they're involved, but they need to be careful. This could be a situation where the owner is trying to make a quick buck. And that would be so wrong. Because you already got your phone, or your friend picked up your phone for you, and then you're still trying to find $1,300 out of somebody. In this day and age, $1,300 ain't easy to come by for nobody. Come on now. Yeah, so I don't know, honey child. Anyway, if you know anything about this, note 20, I think it is, uh, contact RCIPS, give them your tips, and hopefully they can get it sorted out. <coughs> My apologies. Folks, um, I want you all to have an absolutely beautiful day. Big, big um, day for CMR uh, earlier this week. We have now surpassed 20 thousand followers on Instagram. So a big shout out to our Instagram crew. Thank you so much for your support over. I mean, I can hardly believe it. Over 20,000 followers now on Instagram, folks. Uh, we've got over 40,000 Facebook, but you know, our Facebook has been going for a minute. That was the first social media account that we, the day we set up June the 29th, our anniversary the day we set up our page, we set it up on Facebook. Instagram, we didn't start till a year later. So when you think about it, uh, we started Instagram August of 2018. It's been a minute. Now we've surpassed 20,000 um, followers. That's fantastic. 
Big shout out to Caymanian photographer, Samar uh, Patterson. If you guys did not read the story, please go check it out on the website. Um, Samar is doing wonderful things. She was actually featured in Vogue, Italy. Yeah. Beautiful uh, photograph that was featured. Let me see if I can pull it up here and show you guys. But go read the article um, on the website. We're very, very proud of her. That's a big deal to be featured in Vogue for anything. Here she is. This is a photograph that she took. Um, so she's been doing photography for a while now. And she's living in, um, I think, Carolina in the States. And she was just ecstatic um, to, you know, have this uh, recognition from Vogue, which I think is just, again, very, very amazing. So please um, go check it out. I'll send the, I'll post a link here in the comment section. Um, if you know this young lady, big shout out. Her mom is Krista. You guys might remember that Krista has been um, on the program before. She does uh, specialty, like catering food, catering, and so on. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? Um, he says, is it really a Samsung that I talk about? Yeah, boy, them Samsung people. Um, get, their, get your phone back, get your phone back. All right, my beautiful folks, um, I wish you an absolutely wonderful day. Again, big shout out to the gentleman there from West Bay who helped me with the frog situation. Big shout out to KK from Savannah who helped uh, deliver the um, uh, grocery load, um, truck load of food yesterday to the family. These families are very, very appreciative. And I know a few more of you have said that you want to donate um, to families in need. So if you are in need and you've not gotten assistance from anywhere else, um, I know that some people have kind of fallen through the cracks. Please do reach out to me and uh, we'll get you sorted out with some groceries that can hopefully tie you over until the end of your isolation period. Whatever you do, do not come out of isolation. Now, someone sent me a picture this morning saying that there's also another swabber uh, working at Doctors Hospital whose children go to Georgetown Primary School. Why don't they keep track of this, um, of their staff? And they have sent her name and photo. I'm going to forward this information to Doctors Hospital first and foremost to confirm um, that she is there. But yes, uh, why would she still be at work swabbing people if she's part of the individuals who need to be in isolation from the Georgetown primary um, infection? Not good. Uh, folks, the time is drawing near. It is now September the 22nd. You've got a week left. The shipment for the Philippines is leaving. If you don't have your box yet for Miracle Brokers, you are missing out on this opportunity. Uh, get your box packed for Christmas. Send all of your Christmas goodies or whatever you have to send back to your family in the Philippines. folks, the Miracle Brokers has a WhatsApp number. Uh, Romy um, from the Philippines is monitoring that number. Send him a WhatsApp message if, if you have any questions. Again, um, $65. It's like a big box. I can hold a lot of stuff. Um, pack up your Christmas supplies or anything else that you might need to send. This is the last shipment of 2021. 
So um, I'll check with Romy to see if the shipment, it might be full already actually, but I'll just double check with him and see um, where the shipment is and let you all know this is your time to get on it. Get on it, get on it. Um, so we'll see you guys tomorrow morning, bright and early. Like I said, 3 p.m. today is a press conference and then we should have the regulations um, ready to rock and roll um, a bit later on today as well. Have a pleasant day. tuning in to another edition of the cold hard truth make sure to check facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com subscribe to our ig and facebook pages to get the latest happenings 